Yeah, I definitely watched this twice. Um, I couldn't help myself, so I watched it at the end of last week, and then I watched it again last night because I... I needed to do the pineapple hunt, <laughs> and I needed to keep track of the story beats and when they happen because I feel like I'll struggle. I, I totally feel that. Like, the opening scene of this episode is when I fell in love with this show, so watching it twice was probably a good call. I could not stop singing hey julie the whole time <laughs> yes and i made levi listen to the song my husband i made my husband listen to the song and it's been in my head all week so this is great as soon as i got that text you sent me kaylee sent me a text and she was just like hey i have an idea for the next episode's title and it was a link to hey juliet the youtube song and it was just beautiful and there is an edit that's over scenes of juliet from psych but the song quality is not good. So I really wanted you to hear the song. That's wonderful. <laughs> should, we, should we start? I think so. This is To the Blueberry! In case you're wondering, To the Blueberry is a rewatch podcast of our favorite show, Psych. Psych. We're going to talk about our favorite moments, grab some pop culture references, try to find a pineapple, and hopefully have a really good time. And that is Alexis. And uh, that is Kaylee. Um, and just for the record, in case you missed it last time, I am the Gus. Oh, I'm the Sean. For sure. <laughs> hopefully soon we'll bring some of our friends onto the podcast who are our Juliet and Lassie. Yeah, Juliet should watch herself. She's lucky I'm unfortunately a straight girl because... She's so lovable. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was season one, episode two, and I looked up the, the title this time. It was the spelling bee. Spelling with two G's. Was it? Yes. Spelling misspelled with an extra G. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yes. I, I love that. We do have, I do have a correction from our, our last episode. Oh, snap. What'd you do? So I, at one point I was talking about when Sean was greeting the, um, the cop as doctor and Kaylee and I kind of baffled back and forth and we decided that it was from the Three Abigos, but it was actually from Spice Like Us. It was still Chevy Chase. It was. I'm just going to say it, but yes. I've, I've heard it both ways, but yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. So. The episode opens in a diner. Not in a flashback. No. I didn't remember that it didn't start with the flashback. No, it's because we get flashbacks throughout the episode. Yes, with a whole new Sean. Yes, a new Sean. Lil Sean number two. That's what I wrote on my notes. Also, we see Lil Gus number one in this episode. Um, who actually might stay Lil Gus number one for a really long time. So I'm excited to see when that changes. Yeah, I don't recall. So we'll just keep track of how many times the actors for like the younger versions change. <laughs> so we're in the diner. And this beautiful young woman is sitting at the diner counter reading a newspaper. And Sean walks hey, in. Hey, Juliet. Hey, Juliet. So Sean walks in and he looks at her and he tries to introduce himself. He tries to act suave. He tries to hit on her. And Juliet asks him very politely to leave her alone. After they've already negged each other and oh, flirted yeah. a little bit. It's super cute. And and like I said in the intro, like that's the moment I fell in love with this show. But Sean decides that he needs to have a conversation with Juliet 
even if Juliet won't talk to him, he's going to do both sides of the conversation. That's nice. Can I just stare aimlessly out the window and read my paper while you two talk? So Sean starts asking himself questions, including asking what he does. Sean in his little girl voice goes, so what do you do? And Sean goes, I do a little bit of everything, which I thought was really clever because his actual job track record is doing a little bit of everything. Oh, that sounds interesting and also a little bit dangerous. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy you know all those quotes. I did not write those down. I know all those lines. I love it. Oh, gosh. So they're talking. They're having a good time. And when I say they're talking, I mean Sean's talking to himself. But Juliet's smiling. Like, she's actually really charmed. And you can see it coming through, like, the actress into the character. And it works all the way around. I'm loving it. Then a a quote-unquote strange guy or or bully-looking guy walks in. And Juliet's demeanor just completely changes. And Sean throws his hand up over his mouth and goes, Oh, my gosh, you're a cop. He's like, shut up. No, I'm not. (laughs) It, that scene ends with Juliet saying, can you do me a favor? And Sean's like, yeah, what? And <laughs> Juliet says, duck. And she pulls out her gun. And the, the shifty-eyed guy that walked in was the, the bad guy. And Juliet is really shaking when she's holding her gun. And Sean realizes that this is Juliet's first job and actually calls her out. Yeah, he says, uh, first time drawing your gun as she's putting it away in her handbag. And she says, Maybe. It's like they neg each other just one last time when she leaves. And she looks back. I love it. A little bit sassily, but she looks back. I absolutely love it. But that uh, is the end of the opening scene that brings us to the first time we see the full opening credit. I was just like, credits, theme song, it's all happening. I sang along. Oh, yeah. 100% sing along. But, like, it's the music and the credits over the scenes from the season that we're about to get I just I was like ah I can't wait to get to all of these I did notice uh, and I don't know how much longer it stays on but I do kind of remember it staying for a little while but um Corbin the actor that plays Henry Corbin Burnson thank you in his picture in the opening credits is one of the young pictures of him when he has hair. Oh, that terrible wig. I find wig. that so funny that that was the picture they chose to put for him in the opening credits. He hated that hair. <laughs> oh, I don't know why they didn't just let him be bald. I mean, I guess it, they had to, like, they had to euthanize. Nope, bad word. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. <laughs> euthanize him. They, they had to make him look younger, and I understand that, but that wig. I was actually thinking about Corbin this morning. Um, I had a dentist appointment, and he was in that really terrible horror movie. Uh, I think he was in one and two of The Dentist. He was the titular dentist. I know he was at least in number two, because I accidentally watched some when I was a kid. That sounds like a movie I do not want to watch. No, no, oh no, you can't. No. You can't. no, thank you. So we get through the opening and we get our flashback. And that's where we are introduced to little Sean number two and little Gus number one. Little baby Guster is is performing in a spelling bee and um, little baby Sean is uh, sabotaging him from the audience. He's just like, the Gus, is got a, Gus is getting kind of hiccuped on a word, which I don't know what the word was. A giornamento. There it is. It's a word that there's no way I'd be able to spell. Um... And so Gus is a little bit hooked up and Sean's in the audience mouthing an O to him, telling him that that the next letter is an O. Gus finally gives in and says O and and loses the spelling bee. Instantly out. Have you ever done a spelling bee? (laughs) (laughs) 
You're so cute, Kaylee. Why? You're the Gus. <laughs> I can't even spell like. Um, I'm trying to come up with a word that I couldn't spell. Oh, oh. So, I was 23 years old in graduate school. I had just gotten a business degree. I was getting a master's in business administration, and I still couldn't spell business. I have to say busyness in my brain, or I can't spell it right. Well, heck yeah. I mean, I I still say it in my head. I was 24 years old. I still say it in my head. <laughs> it's busyness. <laughs> yeah, that's how, you, that's how you spell it. But no, I was definitely never in a spelling bee. I actually think that would be more up your alley. Oh, yeah. I guess I am the word nerd. I, I think maybe, but like not since fourth grade. And it wasn't like competitive. You know, it was just like in school. Math quiz, mathletes. Yeah, that's that's far more up on my alley. Yeah, it's like if Gus was an accountant, you'd be almost the same person. I could be. I could be Gus if he was an accountant. It'd be better. Better than pharmaceutical salesman. Although, I think I could be in sales if I was more interested in lying to people. Yeah, I was bad at sales because I'm like not a pusher. I'm like an information provider. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's good. But we, we need to get back to the right, episode. Right. Uh, so we're in the office, right? Uh, yes, we're in the psych office, and um, Gus is watching the Spelling Bee, um, what is it, semifinals or, or regionals? We'll go with semifinals, Some. yeah. Region, it's regional finals or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. and um, he turns it off when Sean walks in, and uh, it, Sean's instantly suspicious, like, what, what, what are you doing? What are you hiding from me? <laughs> Sean goes, is that Korean porn? Come on, man. <laughs> He grabs it like, don't hold out on me, though. (laughs) Gus, you know, owns it. And he's like, this is a big deal. Everybody knows about this. Sean's having none of it. I think at one point he tells him to stop giving the bee hip little nicknames. The bee. Uh, That's, it's important. That's, that's important. And I realized when I was editing our last episode that I said that's important to know for later a lot. But I'm going to say it again. (laughs) That's important to know for later. Okay, so we're watching the bee on the television and the announcers state something quite su- surprising. The news is that the heavy favorite <laughs> in the B <laughs> competition, Brendan Vu, has been, um, well, n- not really disqualified, but he's kind of failed out. And he, like... Thank you. Thank you for picking up Brendan Vu's name so that we don't have to refer to people as rich girl, rich daddy, rich son, and suspicious friend all the way throughout this episode. Okay, so we don't... Mm, there are many people's names we don't know. Like, legit, Sean and Gus will not refer to them by name. So. This is true. But one of the announcers actually says boo-hoo for Vu because something weird happened. It looked like he might have had an asthma attack. Anyway, he fainted on stage. He had to be taken, you know, for medical attention. So he's out of the B. Um, and the guy goes, boo-hoo for Vu. <laughs> so they're showing footage of the kid collapsing on stage. And right before it happens, Shaw notices, and I was like, haha, more casual TV crime solving. Yes. Shaw notices, like, a weird tremor in his hand is a sort of sudden happens, and then he collapses. It's worth noting that in his hand is his inhaler. And as a, true, true, true. As a good asthmatic Fairy. who has her inhaler sitting next to her right now, I, I like to point that out. So... Then they get a call on the psych office line, um, and Sean says to Gus, I can get us into the B. And this thing has been <laughs> sold out for months, and Gus is so down. Like, he's just, he's just like, picking up his keys. Sean's lounging. He's like, eh, we're going to have a case. I told you. I told you something was up. 
Meanwhile, Gus is gone. Yeah, Gus is ready to go. Sean's out the door behind him, and they head to the spelling bee. Kaylee, I, you need to correct this word, but we come in on one of the spelling bee kids trying to spell the word eutyracious. Butyracious, yeah. You Butyracious, which I had to spell phonetically on my paper, which I spelled oh, okay. um, U because apparently I missed the B part of it. U space T-I-E space R-A-Y space C-I-O-U-S. Um, and I, I, wanted, I wanted to make sure I remembered that word because it means the properties of butter. And butter's like my favorite thing in the world. Having the characteristics or properties of butter. Yes, I have to keep, <laughs> I have to use that word because right now, like one of my taglines is, do you know what the secret ingredient is? Butter. Um, because I put butter in everything because I'm not a good vegan like Haley and I like butter. <laughs> good vegan meaning um, severely lactose intolerant person. So vegan food is safe. <laughs> and I just like butter. <laughs> but yeah, you tyracious, you tyracious. I just, I just adored that word. But the spellmaster, right? The spellmaster is giving the word, and the announcers come back onto the screen and they say, uh, "Interesting. The spellmaster has never come out of his cubby hole or catwalk or wherever he is, and uh, but he's coming out to give a special announcement during our next break." So that's like a little teaser. And Sean and Gus are, like, having a lot of back and forth. They're walking around. They were tasked by Vic, uh, Chief Vic, um, with finding out, like, what was wrong with the inhaler? What happened? Was he sabotaged? That's the thing. Somebody thinks the child was sabotaged. So she's tasked um, Sean and Gus with finding out, you know, what's going on. Because the bee's only happening for, like, two more days. And then everybody's scattering to the winds, right? They're all going back to where they come come from in the state or wherever. And um, we meet <laughs> a lady named Miss Foot. <laughs> F-O-O-T-E. <laughs> and Gus is busting out his best big boy words as a uh, former competitive speller. Which makes Sean all like, dude, why are you using such big words? And Gus is like, that's preposterous. I don't I'm not use doing words that. like that. I'm not doing that. But Gus and Sean need to talk to all of the contestants. And Sean specifically asks only to talk to the contestants that are still in the beat. Because why would somebody who had already lost sabotage the favorite winner? Exactly. Sean asks the Miss Foot, Professor Foot, Lady Foot, <laughs> to bring the students in uh, one at a time. And he goes, let's start with the shifty-eyed ones. Gus nods like it's perfectly reasonable. Like, yes. Yes, let's do that. So Sean and Gus are, are doing their interviews. Things are going. Everything is fine. I need to point out something that blew my mind real quick. Do it. They're talking to a dad and son, and um, they end up referring to this character as the Czech. So apparently he's from Czechoslovakia. And the guy has an accent. We'll hear later. The boy doesn't. But I was like, this kid looks so familiar. Who is this child? And at first I was like, is this the kid from the Taylor Swift You Belong With Me video who played young Sam Winchester in a lot of Supernatural episodes? So I looked it up, and no, it is not, but... It is the actor who grows up and goes on to play Jack in Supernatural. Are you serious? Yes. I am dead serious. That makes so much sense. It blew my mind. And fun fact, I don't know if our listeners watch Supernatural, but Tim Amundsen, who plays uh, Detective Lassiter, was Kane in um, Supernatural. So it, there's just like a lot of collision happening right now. I love that. I never. I love that. 
That is such an awesome, like, fun fact. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so uh, the, the spellmaster is ready to give his special announcement. And so he st- he's up in, um, like, a catwalk. It's like a balcony. Much better. Yeah, like a, like a loft area. Yeah. So he's up in his little loft area, and um, he, he's about ready to give his speech, but he's starting to feel kind of gross, and you see him stumble, and then he falls over the railing and into the seats. I went, someone just died before my very eyes on this one-hour comedy. Yes. It was, like, it was, like, very in your face, and I know that this show gets darker than that, but I was like, holy crap. <laughs> so Lassiter is dead set on the fact that it is a heart attack. This guy doesn't eat well. Food is his biggest vice. Food is his biggest vice, and so he thinks that he just had a heart attack. No big deal. Everything... Everything seems good to go. So Sean and Gus are trying to find some more information. They head up to the loft and uh, they walk up to the guard and they ask the guard, hey, can can we look at the crime scene or can we look at, you know, the booth? And the guard's like, oh, I was, I was really strictly told I wasn't allowed to let anybody in there. And Sean just goes, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And then like we would expect him to, Sean thinks on his feet and he goes, I mean, as long as you feel safe, dead guy spirits and all. And then Sean has this full psychic dead guy takeover, fake body took over his body situation. Oh my God. A plus, plus, plus physical comedy. Yes. I, how many times did he have to do that? That looks exhausting. <laughs> he was like throwing himself against the wall and he was grabbing his head. He was grabbing his arms and um, threw himself down these like very narrow, <laughs> well, very like shallow stairs. And... That's how he gets the security guard to run away. And so Sean and Gus get to go and check out the balcony. While they're checking it out, they're they're in there. They're looking around. They're trying to see what's going on. And this is our first mention of the super smeller. Gus has a super smeller. So I want to point this out because I wrote it down. I think later on in the series, they call it the super sniffer. I think it, I, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kaylee, yes. That hasn't even happened in this show yet. No, it <laughs> it's hasn't, like but we still need to do our that. favorite bit. But yeah, I, I do believe that I have heard it both ways in this show. But Shot says that Gus should not have nicknamed his nose. He should nickname other parts of his body, like his butt. He should maybe name it the tight bouncer. Girls would love that. <laughs> the hexagon was one of those options. The hexagon. I love a hexagon, for the record. Yes. So... The super smeller realizes that there's an odd smell coming out of his leftover Chinese food. It's right? sulfuric. Yeah. yeah. It's something that, that he recognizes from, from what? His pharmaceutical, pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. Yes. And. We should just sing pharmaceuticals. That's I like that. <laughs> pharmaceuticals. So they, they realize that there's something wrong. And then Sean miraculously pulls an evidence back out of his pocket because he carries them around with him. I. <laughs> overlooked that both times I watched this episode. <laughs> I was just like, sure, yeah. Of course. He's a, he's a fake psychic detective. Of course he carries. He's always prepared to eat and to gather evidence, and I respect the hell out of that. That's true. So they, they grab some of that, and they, they take it out with them, and they think they, they're, at this point, they're pretty set that something's wrong. Something happened. Someone tampered with his food. And Lasseter's doing press a press conference. Yes, thank you. And um, that's when we find out that the reason Juliet is with us is because not Juliet from episode one was transferred because they found out that she and Lasseter were a couple. Right, right. That's the implication. Um, they're like, they transferred his girlfriend. Yeah. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. 
But Lassiter's talking, everything's weird, and, and Juliet keeps telling him to be nice, to be cautious, to be careful. Be sensitive. Be sensitive, thank you. And Lassie's not being sensitive. And Juliet just cuts him off. And it was I so love that she felt able to do that. It was it was like a perfect moment where Juliet got to kinda got to show that her her ray of sunshine that balances out Lassiter so much more than not Juliet did. Not Juliet like definitely, as we talked about last episode, had some struggles, but Jules just brings this beautiful ring. Yeah, she's like she's forceful enough to like match him as like a professional equal, even though she's like a junior detective. But like she's just a completely different energy. And that really needed to be there. I love it so 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 much. In true Sean fashion, Sean has to well, create a scene. It's Gus, because they're wrapping up the press conference, and Gus is like, quick, quick, do something. They're oh. not going to investigate this. They don't think it's a murder. So that's when uh, Sean creates his very memorable scene, and he ends up screaming all this stuff that ends with, it was murder. Oh, oh, did I just say that out loud? Because he was having this psychic vision, the psychic vision that he thought he was, quote, or he, he was pretending he was having in his brain, but he said it all out loud. Well, by the end of it, they decide that they can investigate this as a potential murder. So they've made a spectacle for the cameras and um, they've got their evidence bag full of stuff. And they're like, what are we going to do with this now? And because I think he says something like, um, what are we going to do? Take it to a lab? And Sean's like, I'll get a lab. <laughs> He's got a connection. I, I might have a connection. I think he That's says. it. Yeah. He ends up going to Henry's and asking Henry for help. Um, he holds up his evidence bag and Sean said something along the lines of, you know what this is. And Henry kind of crocks his head, looks at it and goes, it looks like a number 15 with chicken. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so Henry. A plus plus. Very dry, but he brings it. I like it. So he tells Sean that he'll help him, but only if Sean does something for him. And so we head out to the garage and that is when we get our, is that when we get our next flashback? Um, we see this monstrosity made out of weak timber first. That's it. He brings it out of his garage. And is this when Sean says, it's creepy that you kept this? Yes. Because it's, <laughs> it's when we get the flashback, Sean was begging for a dog. And Henry's being like a real hard ass, but this whole scene really, if anybody knows a 12 year old, um, feels very accurate like <laughs> the way my brother would have to talk to my nephew who just like wants what he wants when he wants mm -hmm. it and he's trying to like lay down the law and and you know say you've done nothing to prove that you're responsible enough to have a dog that you're going to take care of it and Sean's accusing him of never giving him a chance to even prove it so he says fine like if you're going to be responsible enough for a dog a dog needs a home you can't buy the dog house like, Sean gets really excited. He, mm -hmm. I've seen them. I've seen them at the hardware store, the dog houses. He says, no, no, you have to make it yourself with your own two hands for the dog that you want to care for. So challenge accepted. Sean's like, I'm doing it right now. And he runs off. And I think that's, uh, that's where, it, I don't know. I just felt like this little actor made me too sad. I was like, his little face is too earnest. Aww. I love him too much. I feel bad. Like, I do feel like he's trying but he's also doing that stubborn thing where he's right. not asking for help yeah and um so he Again, and his dad are another another important point to remember for later yeah not asking for help and he's he's button heads with his dad and they're just i don't know they're just like jockeying for position as like <laughs> two men <laughs> in these scenes it's so funny so he's doing a really bad job uh, a very amateurish childish job at trying to build a doghouse 
and and then we go back to uh, to full the to, to grown age, Sean, where he's also doing a really bad amateurish job growing a growing a dog or growing a doghouse, building a doghouse. So we're back we're back to uh, full size Sean building a very amateurish doghouse, not growing building. It's, it's twilight, and Henry's back from his poker game. He he drove off to his poker game like a good luck, buddy. Yeah, and now he's back, and yeah, we're. You're not looking real good, Sean. Sorry, bud. Everything everything looks bad and and Sean is just standing there and pineapple hunt. He's but eating a slice of pineapple. Yes. Did you notice that? I I had to on the rewatch. I was like, what is that? Is that pizza crust? No, it's a whole wedge of something. Yes. So I do believe, I do believe that that was an on-purpose I'm eating pineapple yes, scene. Yes, I, I absolutely think so. Also, I think it's funny that he's outside building a doghouse in the cold. I mean, they have their jackets on. They're, I guess they're in Santa Barbara, but, and he's just eating a slice of pineapple. No big deal. Hammer in one hand, pineapple, pineapple in the other. other. And then, I was going to say, Henry's not impressed. He goes in, he's like, you're still not doing it right. Like, you think this is going to earn you a favor from me? Sean is just mad at this point. He taps this thing, though, this construction he's made with his toe, and it falls apart. I was like, <laughs> were there any nails, Sean? What were we What were we doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with Henry on this one. I, like, I don't know that I would have given Sean what he asked for if he would have done that kind of work. Sean is, uh, Sean is driving home on his motorcycle, and this is my other, my other correction. In episode one, I said that Sean's motorcycle was a built a bit until quote much later on in the series where Sean gets thrown off his bike. And uh, my note was, it was this happens a lot on. earlier than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was episode two. I don't, I don't feel like this is like the last of the motorcycle being seen, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely not. Like... It's definitely not because there, the motorcycle continues to come up, especially as Sean and Juliet's relationship grows. Spoiler. Listen, if you're if you're listening how much to we... our podcast and you don't know that, like sorry. I mean, welcome to the show, yeah. but like, yeah. I mean, the chemistry is there uh, from scene 1. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Sean gets uh, run off the road by this big old van, this big old creepy van, um and he gets thrown from his bike. He's in the hospital. This is where it cuts to Gus by himself. He's like at a restaurant. He's on the phone with a doctor. Oh, yes. And in the background, there's a television on and it's got stuff about the bee on it. So then I, I wrote, Gus solves something using the television. Because inexplicably, <laughs> there is the check kid on the screen spelling something. And for some reason, the camera does a close-up on the child's hand holding his <laughs> inhaler. Just random asthmatic child's hand. And uh, Gus notices the doctor's name. He writes it down. I think it has a partial address, too. So he writes it down. He gets off the phone. He's like, yeah, I'm going to need to call you back. So I wrote Gus for the win. Ha 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 ha. Um, and he and... Is that when he and Sean meet up? Yes. Gus gets a call that Sean's in the hospital. Gus goes to the hospital. Sean gets out of the hospital, but while they're there, they check on Brandon. Brandon Boo? Boo? Brandon Boo? I think it's Brandon Boo. Ben, okay, they, they check on Boo. And um, while they're in there, they see Brendan's inhaler. And they can tell, one, that the inhaler that he has and the uh, inhaler that the check boy has. I'm sorry. 
person first, that the boy who happens to be a son of the Czech man, um, this, those two inhalers look exactly the same. And that's when Gus had done his research and points out that the doctor that was on the other player's inhaler, I'm sorry, I'm trying to be correct, but I'm having a hard time speaking, on the other player's inhaler was not a real doctor. Uh, yeah, the, the, the son of the Czech man. <laughs> Can we just call him, like, Baby Jack? I like Baby Jack. Good. Okay. <laughs> Baby Jack's inhaler and Brendan Vu's inhaler have different doctors, and Gus looked into it, and um, Baby Jack's doctor doesn't exist. It says he's a doctor in Ventura, and Gus says he did training on that route, and the last doctor on that route's name is something with a Y. Right. And he's like, it's it's a fake. And Sean is very triumphant at this point. My quote I have written down is, you're saying that inhaler is fake? I actually wrote it with the dot, dot, dots in between. I, I don't even know if they actually said that, but that's how I wrote it. I liked it. Oh, I love that. And then Sean just pieces out of the hospital and goes back to Henry. Back to the, back to the doghouse. And it's such a good father and son moment. I don't even know exactly what happened. But at some point, um, Henry just leans over and starts helping Sean build the doghouse. Yeah, it was like, oh, you're running your roofing vertical. He's like, yeah, it looks that way. And then he's (laughs) like, you might want to pop in a, I don't know, some kind of support beam or something. And Sean's just sort of like, yeah, that that might be a thing. And so Henry, like, brings him a little piece of wood and holds it while he lets Sean nail it in. And Sean says something at this point, but I I didn't write down what it was. Sean says, um... You've never helped me with anything. And Henry said, you've never asked. Uh, Isn't that, and that's, again, I, I told you earlier that that was important because <laughs> Sean didn't ask for help. But no. it, it, it leads back to the conversation we had at the end of the first episode where we talked about how Henry really is proud of Sean. He, they, they really do have this growing and, and beautiful relationship, and they're just getting to know one another a lot better. Yeah, I think it, it helps that, like, Henry's authority over Sean isn't as absolute as, like, you know, father of a child, because Sean is s- seriously, uh, like, a, a strong-willed, stubborn personality, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think Henry is too, yes. and I think you need that that little bit of distance. But, um, yeah, they're like gazing on this doghouse they made together that looks and, really uh, good by the way like i'd be about having that doghouse as a and i don't even have a oh, dog yeah. but i'd be about that i mean a few coats of paint yeah. yeah the vibe to me right then was okay sean now you're expecting him to call the guy and be like hey can you run that thing but henry's already got the folder yo yep henry henry had already had already gotten the information because the guy that he quote unquote still sees sometimes is at his poker game from last night I know, he had this on lock, which I love. He was like, yeah, I might help you, Sean, if you A, B, and C. But, like, he's just, like, on it. He's just not telling Sean he's on it. Fathers and sons, big harsh. So petty. They're, so the, the doghouse is done, and they do find out that that Chinese food had been poisoned with something. Sean, Sean got that information from whatever Henry told him. And, um, yeah, I think Gus knows a little something-something about it, too. But I did notice... Henry opens the fridge to get some beers, and there's no light in that fridge. They had the they they had the door opening towards the camera, oh. like so that you could see into the fridge. And I was like, "You guys, I'm paying way close. Like, 
I watched it twice. I shouldn't be paying this close <laughs> attention. I'm looking for pineapples, y'all. Yeah. They end up heading back to the Santa Barbara Police Department to tell them, hey, listen, this is this is murder. We know it is. We need you to run. That's it. Kaylee's making a psychic head right now. Oh, I'm putting my fingers to my head. Sean's like, I sense it's it's in the food. The food is bad. You have to test the food. I don't know if you saw this or not, but from this point to the end of the episode, because it's all the same day, Sean is wearing a shirt that says BS. Oh, no. I didn't notice yeah, that. His, his, it says BS. The logo on the front of his shirt says BS. I don't know what that shirt could have been from. I don't know if it was an accident or if they specifically picked that shirt as another, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He's lying to you. But I thought that was really I love funny. that. So if I can cut in to say, this is where Laster is going. Are we seriously listening to this? This is ridiculous. And Juliet says, is it? I love Juliet. Because from the beginning, she's like, are we opening a case? Are we, you know, postponing the B? Like, are we doing anything? And he's like, no, 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 no. This is important to the city. This is important to the mayor, to the hotels, for business and stuff. I'm a capitalist. And <laughs> she's always like, okay, but couldn't we look at other avenues? Couldn't we consider some stuff? So she's like a very open person. And that's very, very clear, which I love. But Lasseter makes the mistake of making a demand and calling Chief by her name. He says something along the lines of, come on, Karen. Yep. And the look on her face is murder. I can understand from like the whole they used to be equals and then she became the interim chief that having that nudge to call her Karen would make sense. Also, it's kind of established later on, but I mean, they definitely have a friendship outside of working, but she's in her chief chair wearing her chief suit, carrying her chief baby, and she is chief big. Yes, they're chief baby. Which I can't wait till is born because I also really like that episode. I say, um, how dare he? You put some respect on her name and that name is Chief. So they can't talk Glassy and Chief Vic into letting them continue their investigation without more hard evidence. So they head back to the bee. Back to the bee. They're walking around because they have to have a new spellmaster because the old spellmaster obviously had died. And Sean realizes that the spellmaster is standing outside smoking. And he left his jacket with his badge inside. And he recognizes that as the perfect opportunity to take the jacket and get back up into the booth to see if there's any other evidence up there that they missed the first time around. Well, the whole thing about the badge being on the jacket that's left inside is Sean asks Gus, how hard is it to get into this event without an invitation? And Gus says it's impossible. So <laughs> Sean snatches it and closes the door and Gus isn't like 100%. He's like, you're really going to do that to the man? He's like, he's got to learn at some point smoking is bad for you. Yes, I wrote that down too. It's so funny. It gave me serious high school flashbacks. Yes. <laughs> they, so they run up the steps. They head into the, the um, booth, balcony, loft, whatever we're calling it at this point. They're up there and they're looking around. And the intercom is coming through and they're saying, hey, 10 seconds to the next word. We need the next word. We need the next Meanwhile, word. Sean is fussing around with um, finding imprints in the carpet, matching them to a camera tripod, trying to figure out which direction the camera was pointed in. And finally they're like, something's wrong. Somebody get up there. So Sean looks at Gus, hey, give me, give me a word. Give me a word. And Gus refuses because Gus feels like that's just terrible for the bee to to just like make we're not words. getting involved in this. Yes. I'm not giving you a word. Don't go on the mic. Sean's trying to 
continue to solve the mystery while continuing to kill time. And so finally, Sean goes, uh, Sean gets on the mic and he's like, oh no, everything's okay. Uh, your first word is banana. Banana? And everyone sort of echoes it. It just like continues. And Sean just keeps repeating it. And then he's like going back to the camera. The little girl goes, um, can I have a definition? And Sean says, a yellow fruit. Also, a pudding. A delicious pudding. A delicious pudding. <laughs> the little girl asks for it in a sentence. <laughs> Anna Banana would like to hear Venus by Banana Rama. Banana. The next little girl gets up and Sean's like, give me a word. And Gusto refuses. And so Sean goes, onion. <laughs> and Kid is like, seriously? But he just spells it and sit down like, I got this, I guess. And they, the intercom kicks back on and they said, hey, are you going off the list? And he's like, no, no, I'm definitely going on the list. And they look and it's the guy's grocery list. <laughs> but by this point, I think Sean has found the direction that the camera is supposed to be pointed in. And it's pointed directly at the audience. Specifically at the check guy. I just wrote cheating cheaters. So the camera's facing this guy and that's when Gus points out that the spellmaster's biggest pet peeve was cheaters. He was always looking for them. He was always trying to find them. He was always trying to stop them. We missed something earlier. What did we miss? The first time they were up in the loft, be right right before they found, or was it this time? Um, They're looking at the book on the table. Oh, that was the first time, 1953. Yeah, 1953 is written in the margins of this book. The rules aren't numbered, so it's not a rule, Gus tells Sean. The contestant numbers only go up to like 200-something, so they don't know what this number means. It's nonsense, but it does come back. And now it's about to come back. Mm. They realize there's something going on, and they book it out of the booth. And this is where we get Sean and Gus acting casual on the steps. <laughs> like, leaning over the banister, just like, yeah. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> okay. So, the bee is back on track. And they grab a little pamphlet from out in the uh, lobby. Sean's like, this would have been helpful earlier because it has the past round words. And uh, they go to sit in the audience and just kind of like take it in. As Gus is going through the words from the previous round, he's like, ah, I see. This word was the winning word from the 1929 B. And sometimes they do stuff like this. It's like a, a theme round. All of these words in this round were winning words from past years. It's actually Gus again mm -hmm. who clenches it. Yep. He says, guess who had the winning word from 1953? And uh, Gus says, you're looking right at his dad. Because Sean has been staring <laughs> at the check guy since they sat down. <laughs> Sean's staring at him and Sean looks over while uh, little Jack is, is spelling his word. And not only does check guy have a dictionary in his hands, but he's looking up the word, which is not absurd for an audience member at a, at a spelling bee. But he's tapping on a little something on his hand. He's hitting something in his hand and Gus looks up and he looks at little Jack and... And Lil Jack has his inhaler in his hand. Again, shout out to our my asthmatics out there. He's got his inhaler in his hand and he can see that Little Jack's hand is shaking just like Brendan Boo's was when the the pass out almost Brendan Boo dies happened. Right. And it, it wasn't that shaking that caused it. <laughs> I had to like keep reminding myself. No. It wasn't like, you know, whatever was happening with that hand. It was that Brendan Boo needed an inhaler tried to have a puff of an inhaler and nothing happened so he fainted yep. from lack of air yep <laughs> that's that's a that's a real thing that happens carry your inhalers make sure the people around you know where you carry your inhaler this has been inhaler corner yes <laughs> bum 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 inhaler <laughs> i don't know how they segue from that to sean having another psychic freak out but somehow it happened do they interrupt the bee am i remembering 
though. I all of a sudden it's like spectacle. I have to have my vision. I'm having my vision, and then he like outs them. Right. Uh, um, and he starts with his vision, and Lassiter looks over. Chief Vic said. Can't he ever just tell us to arrest someone? Like, like, does he always have to do this? And uh, Lassie goes, yep. Or, no, it was, um, Juliet goes, does he do this a lot? Oh, that's it. And then they both answer in unison. <laughs> so, yeah. so while he's having his, his uh, psychic moment, Lassie looks at um, Chief Vic and said, do you want me to cuff him? And Karen goes, why would I want that? Lassie said, just a suggestion. <laughs> Because <laughs> Lester just wants to cuff him so badly. <laughs> but while Sean is having his his moment that he shares what had happened, he refers to the spelling bee as the bee. And the camera pans to Gus, and Gus just has this little smirk on his face because I think Gus finally feels like Sean is taking the spelling bee for what it truly is to Gus, which is a really, really big deal. I said Gus, all smart and cool, with his face that just says, you know, that's right. You know, that's right. I don't know why I wrote this. I wrote sabotage for us both. Ha ha. And I don't know why. <laughs> I have no idea. Essentially, essentially, the spellmaster had been using the tripod and had saw dad transmitting something to his son to let him know how to spell the words. That's why he was putting down 1953 because that was his way of noting that he knew something was wrong with Little Jack. Also, mm -hmm. I don't know why we're calling him Little Jack, but I really like it. Because he was in Supernatural as Jack, and we don't know his character's name in this. Oh, that's very, very good. I somehow forgot that in this uh, last 30 <laughs> minutes. So they're, they're, uh, he, he tells everybody everything. He points everything out. He talks about the concern. And finally, he looks at Little Jack and says, spell some random word for me. You can't, can you? You don't know how to because your daddy's not cheating for you. Snap. And then they realized that dad had killed the spellmaster and attempted to run Sean off the road. And Sean just puts it all together in his beautiful, beautiful synopsis of what had happened. We should say that the stakes here are that winning the spelling bee ensures entry into almost any university in the country and like scholarship money and like you know all these all these perks and a future for this kid so like the stakes are high for this dad but to quote jake peralta from brooklyn 99 cool motive still murder <laughs> like <laughs> the synopsis and they arrest dad they take the check away from little jack um everything looks good they're leaving the bee and this is when Sean so casually or not so casually points out that he's so happy that Gus did not win the B because if he had won the B, he would have been a nerd and he never would have been invited to parties and he never would have had a girlfriend and he would never would have been friends with Sean. And he's talking about all these reasons why it's so good. And Gus like agrees. He's like, I mean, yeah, I guess things happen for a reason and my life turned out pretty good. But then... Then, then Sean goes, yeah. That's why I had to give you the wrong letter. What? Come on, man. Everyone knows it's an I. A journamento? <laughs> it's not an O. <laughs> Everyone knows it's an I. And Gus loses it. And he starts chasing Sean around. And so I, I want to point this out. Um, and I think this was probably a, an ad lib moment that they left in, although it's inconsistent with the story. Sean said, and what happened after you lost the bee? You hooked up with Melinda Castleberg. Or, I'm sorry, you went out that night and you hooked up with Melinda Castle Castleberg. 
Oh yeah, you you threw caution to the wind, and you I think he made out with her at somebody's party. Yeah, or no, something. The, well, they used the word hooked up, and oh. I was like, um, Lolshan and Little Gus are in like the sixth yeah, they're like grade. twelve. Yeah, and they're quote unquote hooking up with Melinda Castleberg at a party that night. I think I think maybe in the early aughts, did hook up mean something different? Because I feel like it's one of those words that maybe like gained traction and took on more meanings. That, that could be. I, and you know, it could be that he danced with her or he went on a date with her or whatever. But that moment I was like, uh, uh, please, please don't ruin little Gus like that. Little Gus is so <laughs> little and pure. I want him to be little and pure forever. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, all respect to, to like children remaining like children, but I, I didn't take it that way. I was just like, yeah, he's a 12 year old. He went to a party and they played spin the bottle or he was just like, you know, let me get you a drink and danced or something, you know, that's, you know. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I think, I think we're okay. So we end the episode with Sean at Henry's house. And Sean is just like, thank you so much for your help. I really appreciate you doing everything for me. I really appreciate you supporting me through this. I've got a surprise for you. Because every dog needs a house. That's it. And every dog house needs, needs a dog. A dog. <laughs> I love it. So Sean just walks away and Henry walks out. And there's the cutest little puppy chained up in the front of the house. It's like a little golden. Yeah. It's so adorable. And I was like, that is the worst prank and the best prank ever. And Sean, um, Henry holds it up and he's like, I will put it on the street. (laughs) And (laughs) Gus is like, are you really going to leave that dog there? But Sean says it's his neighbors, so it's okay. (laughs) It's, It's my neighbors. Let's walk around the block and let him stew for a little bit. Evil genius. And it, that, that's the episode just ends with Henry screaming, I will put it on the street. And then cue theme music. Beautiful. The beautiful, beautiful theme music. So that is our that is our episode synopsis. That is Alexis messing up Sean and Gus's name many times. We already played Spot the Pineapple, brought to you by some future Spot the Pineapple sponsor. Do we have any pop culture references that we didn't already discuss? I feel like... The Mitchum deodorant reference during Sean being Spellmaster. I feel like I was so proud of myself for knowing that Mitchum was a deodorant that I used briefly in middle school. That was probably the, I think that's the only one that even kind of comes to mind. Um, I mean, he made the 80s reference for the band Bananarama. Oh, yeah. And um, I kept meaning to look up the song Venus so that we could be familiar. (laughs) I I think it's like, I'm your Venus. I'm your fire, pure desire. I 1,000% went, is that the, uh, I'm your Venus from the commercial? All right, because we don't have licenses to this song, Kaylee is not going to play it on uh, the podcast, but she's going to play it for me or confirm that it is or is not the song I was just singing. It 100% is. Yes. That's a really, really good song. So that's, that's, the, that's the 80s version, but there was a 60s version of that song that's a little bit different. But I still really love that. In my notes, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know who Bananarama is. I just don't know that it's the song I'm thinking of. And I forgot to look it up. But now we have. And I'm very happy that we were both right. And that, my friends, is to the blueberry. I'm Alexis. How come I can't get you this excited about girls? And Mexico! And I'm Kaylee. Banana. (laughs) And this has been... To the blueberry! Psychic.